It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. I want you to open your Bibles today to Romans 8, the 8th chapter, and verse 28. Some of you might know that's a very familiar passage of Scripture. This is part three of a series that we've been teaching, The Best is Yet to Come. And it just keeps getting better and better. Amen. And more is coming. And uh, I, I thought it was over, but the Lord, just as I was studying and listening to the Holy Spirit, and I was like, well, this is kind of along the same theme. Lord, he said, yeah, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so, amen. He's not done until he's done. Amen. He's got a lot more he wants to bless us with. He wants to bless you. And I don't think we're entering into it. I don't know if you're really stepping into the best yet, to the good. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? That God works for good? Or he, in all things, he works for the good of those who love him. And in, as you look at that verse, it talks about in the Greek, it can give the, the, the thought of that, uh, that those who love for him to work good, you know, for those who love him to work good. And if we're tied into the Lord, knowing that he's a good God and that he wants to do good, not only in our life, but as in, in whatever situation and circumstance that we're in, in our life, we will look for opportunities for God to be able to do something good for somebody, whether it's salvation or healing or uh, meeting a physical need that, we, that they might have that we can help with. You know, if we, you know, if we see our brother and they have a certain need, that we can do that. We can provide that need for them. Uh, in Genesis chapter 50... We've been talking about Joseph a little bit, and we're going to talk about him today. But as Joseph had gone to Egypt, and his brothers had, you know, they, had, they were jealous of him. They had thrown him into a pit. They sold him into slavery. And he went to Egypt. He went through uh, that slavery, but God brought him up. Every time, God would bring him up to the top. And all things were working good for Joseph. Even though he was in a bad situation, God worked it for good. And he rose to the top in Potiphar's house. And then the devil came in and tried to slap him back down. He was thrown into prison. And he was brought up, and they put him in charge of the prison. Said that the warden didn't even have to worry about that area where he put, over jo put Joseph over. Brought him up to the top. And then when Pharaoh needed a, dr an, a dream interpreted, everybody tried, but they couldn't. And they remembered that there was Joseph and brought him to Pharaoh. And he interpreted the dream. And Pharaoh said, hey... Nobody else has any wisdom like this. You're going to rule over the whole kingdom. I'm putting you over everything. I'm, only, you're, I'm the only one. You'll be second to me, and that's it. So he brought him up good. But when his brothers came to him, they were nervous. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20, or verse 20, Joseph said, you intended harm for me. They were nervous. They had, their, their father had died, and so they had written up this thing that, at their dad, they said, you know, from their dad to send to Joseph, like, well, don't hurt them, be good to them, and all this stuff. And when Joseph read it, he cried. And when um, he said this to him, you intended to harm me, in verse 20 of Genesis 50, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the salvation or the saving of many lives. 
So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them that, that, uh, and spoke kindly to them. Joseph realized that God had worked in all areas of his life. And what they meant for evil, God turned it around for good. They were nervous. I want to tell you something that uh, the best is yet to come. Something good is about to happen. David and Rita Flora are here for today. They've, they've been serving as missionaries in, in Israel. Hi, David and Rita. Give the Lord a praise offering for, for David and Rita. She's an ORU alumni, aren't you, Rita? And so we were brought up there at, at, at ORU. We'd hear that, that little phrase, something good is about to happen to you. And, you know, that just stays with me. I believe that that's a word of the Lord today. You know, every day might not be good, but there's something good in every day. And the thing is, is we just have to find it. We are more conditioned to be the bad finders. We wanna, we, we're more conditioned to find what's wrong, what's bad, what's not right, than we are to find what's good. The Bible says, you know, think on these things, whatever things are good, whatever things are pure, whatever things are right, whatever things are true, think on these things. You know, the reason we have so many problems is we're thinking on what's bad. We're thinking of, of how bad it's going to get and, and it's going to even get worse. We're conditioned to think the worst of everything. We need to get rid of that stinking thinking. We need to have our minds renewed, as the Apostle Paul told Romans. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to be in the Word and realize that God's a good God. He's a good God, and He wants to do good for us. And so I believe that something good is about to happen in your life. Do you receive that? I want to prophesy that something good is about to happen in your life. Say it with me. Something good is about to happen. Amen, amen. You need to be watching for the good. Don't miss it. Don't despise small things. Remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about they, all the nation of Israel, was pr they were praying for a deliverer, praying for a deliverer, praying for a deliverer. Here comes Moses. You know, uh, Pharaoh, he was nervous, so he was having them kill all the firstborn. Moses comes along. Well, he was a beautiful child. It's a good thing he wasn't ugly. His mother might not have saved him. But she, <laughs> she hid him for three months. Then she put him in a basket, floated him down the river, and Pharaoh's daughter found him. And, you know, it turned out for good. But they were watching for a deliverer, and all the, here God sends a deliverer. Well, they weren't looking for a baby. They were looking for a deliverer. They missed what was good, what good came, what God was doing. So don't despise the small things. You know, I believe that the miracle is already in the house. I believe that the good part is already there. It's coming. You might not have seen it yet because a lot of times we don't, it doesn't look like what we're looking for. Does that make sense? You know, what God's doing. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Are you hearing that? Get ready for something good is about to happen. Amen? For the next several minutes, I, I just want to, I want your undivided attention. Just, you're going to have to pay close attention because of all the distraction that's going on with. But I want to tell you something, that I didn't come here to, to, to preach a, a, or to give you a spiritual happy meal today. <laughs> I came to bring the word of the Lord. I really did. I, I came to bring the word of the Lord. And, and I know that, uh, you know, I believe that somebody came here today and, not just for form or fashion, but you, you come here for a word of the Lord. You come here because you're in a storm and you need something from God. You need that rope. You need that lifeline sent out to you. And I want to tell you something. The word of God is ready. It's quick. It's powerful. It divides the spirit and the soul. He knows your mind, your will, and your emotions. He knows what you need. And the spirit of God will, will take the word and bring encouragement to you if you'll hear the word of the Lord today. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. 
Now, Father, I just praise you today. I thank you that as the Word of God comes today, Father, that you would just anoint it. Father, that for the edification of your saints, Father, and for revelation and for edification, Father, that you would be glorified. And Holy Spirit, just anoint each one of us to hear the Word and to receive it the same way that you have prepared it to go. Lord, I thank you that you're going to do it and it's going to accomplish great things right now. I thank you that faith is going to rise up and expectation is going to come to expect that something good is about to happen. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we just commit this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I want to tell you, whatever challenge that you're facing and whatever difficulty is in your path, whatever defeat seems to be imminent, I want to tell you something. Whatever problem that you think that you cannot solve, God has a word for you today. Do you believe that? God has a word for you today. You know, this is not just a, a, a sermon that's preached on some, just some random Sunday. God has a word that, that you need to hear today. I believe he does. And so you need to prepare yourself to hear the word of the Lord. So hear it with, with faith. Hear it with expectation. It's a word that's at the right time, at the right place, and in the right time, in the right place in your life. If you will apply the word of God, it's amazing what the word of God can do in your life. It, it, it always amazes me after preaching a message that someone will come up and they'll say, Pastor, you know, that was just for me. And then they'll begin to tell me what the Holy Spirit spoke to them through the Word. And I'm going, really? Really? We were in the same place, right? And so then somebody else will come and they say, Pastor, the Word that, that you preached today was just for me. And, and then they begin to tell me what they got out of the Word. I'm thinking, really? And you were in the same auditorium as this other person over here. And I'm here too, right? How's that working? But the Holy Spirit can come and he can bring it and he can bring it specifically and personally to each one of you and he can also bring it collectively to us. Hallelujah. The word that the Lord wants you to hear today is that something good is about to happen. Say it with me. Something good is about to happen. Tell somebody next to you something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen in your life. Something good is about to happen in your life. You know, if you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, that's a good place to be because uh, you need to shout out something good is about to happen. Can you do that with me? Are you here with me? Are you going to help me preach this today? And if you feel like that the bottom has dropped out, shout something good is about to happen. <laughs> Maybe the bottom needed to drop out of that. Amen? <laughs> if you're facing an enemy that uh, seems like it's impossible to defeat, then you need to shout something good is about to happen. I don't know if you're with me today. Let me preach to this wall over here. Maybe I can get, yeah. Come on, shout something good is about to happen. If you're fighting psychological depression or spiritual weariness, you need to shout to that thing, something good is about to happen. Come on, shout with me, something good is about to happen. I didn't come here to entertain you this morning. Hopefully, uh, I won't brain drain you <laughs> today, but... I want to tell you that I believe that, that God has something. I, gave, I believe he gave me the assignment to tell you today that something good is about to happen in your life. I want to prophesy that into each one of you and for this church that something good is about to happen. You know, you know it may be that you're faced with um, circumstances that appear to be your undoing. And if you know that you look at that, you just feel like it pulls you down and pulls you down and pulls you down. Well, stop looking at that thing and you need to shout and speak to your circumstances. Something good is about to happen. You know, God work, for all things work together for the good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? Yes, you are. 
Yes, you are. Don't doubt that. You've been called. He called you. Now, whether or not you're hearing that call and you're being obedient to that call, that's between you and him. But yet you're called according to his purpose. And when you're doing his purpose and you're walking in line with his purpose, all things work together for good for those that love God and are called. So when something comes into your way and it feels like that it's about to, you know, to bring you down, don't look at that thing as something that's going to bring you down. Look at it as something going to bring you up. Amen? It might not look like what it's going to do, what it really is, what, how it's going to affect you in your life. It might look like it's going to bring you down, but you're going to say, no, it's going to bring me up. They thought that they were putting Joseph in the pit, selling him into slavery. That was going to do away with him, but all that did was bring about God's purpose. Amen? Joseph had to get to Egypt for the purpose of God to work in his life. He couldn't accomplish it back out there in the field someplace still wearing his little coat, coat. He had to get to Egypt. Now, there might have been another way that God could have done that, but you know what? When his brothers, out of jealousy and fear, you know, did that to him, God said, oh, I still work this. There's a caravan going to Egypt. I'll get him down to Egypt. Joseph could have turned around and just whined and cried, oh, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Lord, why are you doing this to me? And God said, wait a minute, I'm helping you. They did it to you. I'm just going to turn around what they did and make it good for you. Come on, somebody shout, something good is about to happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even now, God has this word for you. It's an effective word. It's, a, it's alive. It's living. And you need to get it into your spirit, get it into your soul, so that when evil comes or when the difficult times come, that you can speak to that storm. You can say to that mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and declare something good is going to happen in my life. Shout it out. I don't know if you're getting this yet or not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, at, at creation, here's chaos and darkness is all over. And God looked to it and he spoke, you know, and he, his intent and his, his purpose uh, was there. And so through his voice and through his hand, he spoke to that darkness, to that chaos, and he created everything. And he looked and he says, and it was good. Remember that in Genesis? And he looked and says, and God saw that it was good. Let me tell you something. When God does something, he looks at it and says, it's good. In your chaos, in your darkness, God wants to speak into that if you allow him. And you can be his mouthpiece. You can be... His, his, his intent, his purpose is for that to turn around and work good for you, not to work bad. So you can look at it and say, hmm, just like God says. And he looked at it and it was good. It was good and something good is going to happen for it. His voice, his, his hand, his design, his intent is in this word today for you that says that something good is about to happen in your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know if you're there yet or not. You're probably just listening to the raindrops falling rather than paying attention to what God's wanting to speak into your spirit today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you're about to experience a new day. See, because it says that there at creation where it said that he looked and he saw and it was good. And it says, and the evening and the morning was the next day. So when this happens in your life and chaos and darkness changes and you look at it and it says, you know, something good is going to happen, then get ready to walk into, oh, come on now. Is anybody in this house today that's listening to this message, get ready because you're about to walk into the new day because that evening time, that season in your life, and that morning time is a new day in your life. Oh, I hope somebody gets this today. Hallelujah. You know, if you're, you say, well, pastor, it's just such a difficult time. Let me back up here a little bit. 
If life gives you more than you can handle, shout out. Something good's going to happen. Amen. So you're going to have to help me now on this thing. Amen. If your tears exceed your smiles, what are you going to do? Shout it out. If your difficulties are more than your resources, what? If it seems like there's too much month and not enough money, what are you going to do? Shout it out. Hallelujah. If your difficulties far outweigh your resources, what do you do? Shout it out. Something good is about to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, if this is a time in your life when you should be rising, yet you feel like that you're sinking I want to tell you something. You need to turn around and say, something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 1 and verse 8. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Now, Joseph got down to Egypt, and God turned all of that around, and he worked good for where it was supposed to be evil. And Joseph wrote, kept rising to the top. And every time that he was put into a situation, he began to trust God. And he allowed those, that opposition to train him for whatever the next task was going to be. Let me tell you something. Not one person, not one cry, not one night uh, season in your life will be wasted on you because it's all going to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You might look back and say, you know, I don't know what that was for, but most of you can. We can look back and say, you know, I didn't understand it at the time that God was working in my life. But, you know, he worked something in me at that particular time, and now then that thing has provided for me and produced for me what's good. Amen. You know, there in Exodus, in the first chapter, it said that Joseph had died and there was a new Pharaoh. A lot of times, you know, when we get into a situation and circumstance, God provides somebody for us, and it seems like it takes, we go through a lot of trials and difficulties until God brings us out, and, and we take, we, we, we're sitting in that victory, that place of victory, like Joseph was, and he was ruling over all Egypt, and, uh, but then, so there was a great time of blessing, Jacob, 70 of the family, Joseph's family came down into Egypt, God blessed them and said that when they left, there was about a million of them that left, I mean, talk about increase in their family, <laughs> The new Pharaoh saw this and he got nervous. Let me tell you, when the, when the devil sees that God's blessing you and he sees the blessings on your life and he sees the favor of God upon you, the devil gets nervous. The devil sees it a lot of times before we see it. And so he plans to bring about something that's going uh, to to harden your life, to get you to give up and, and, and quit. And so that's exactly what Pharaoh did. And in, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Now there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened, and it happened in an event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burden. And they built... Uh, for Pharaoh, supply cities, Pithom and, and Ramesses. And it says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Pharaoh was nervous. The devil gets nervous when he begins to see the blessings that God has and what God's doing in your life. He gets nervous. And when he gets nervous, he tries to bring out the worst. And the thing is that God allows the devil to bring out, to, to, a, to a, 
go ahead and bring that trial because the devil thinks he's going to bring out the worst, but the, the Lord allows it so that it'll bring out the best. And instead of bringing out the worst, it brings out the best, and that's why that we can speak to it and say something good is about to happen. That's why we need to prophesy to our circumstances. We need to prophesy to the trials and say something good is about to happen. I don't receive the bad. If it's an affliction, if it's a trial, if it's a hardship, then that thing's going to turn around and it's going to provide for me what I need. It will strengthen me spiritually, physically, emotionally. It will strengthen me to handle the next level that I'm going to. Remember, life is lived on levels and arrived at in stages. So you're at a stage of going up and something good is about to happen to get you to that next stage. Amen? Usually along that level is where things are difficult And that's where you have to begin to apply All the strength and the faith that you learned on the other level When you came up on that stage What you developed and what God developed in you You have to use it on that level Of life that you're living on then And then you come to another stage And that's where the devil He can recognize that as well And that's where he sets ambushments against you And then, like it says he puts taskmasters there He assigns those uh, the spirits to come and to harass you, a buffeting spirit to torment and to, to buffet, to hinder you and to try to bring out the worst and try to get you to quit. How many of you think that you've seen people that have gone through some difficult times and they just quit? I think there's probably some people in here that you've quit before, but you're not quitting now, amen? Amen. Aren't you glad for the God of second chances? Aren't you glad that even with old Moses, when he was out there, when he ran away, he was out in the wilderness there for 40 years and he's tending sheep, that God was teaching him something then. He was teaching him some humility. And then he looked over and he saw the burning bush. That was a second chance. I'm glad that God is a God of the second chances. What Moses should have said right then is, oh, something good is about to happen <laughs> when he saw that bush burning. Amen. And so the thing is that the you know, the Israelites, they wake up one morning and they find themselves in the midst of change. And so this is what I want you to, to kind of catch here. If something good is about to happen, that means that things have to change. But we, most of the time, we fight change. We don't want change to happen. We, we keep holding on so things don't change. But I want to tell you, the good can't happen unless the change occurs. And the only constant thing in life is change. <laughs> If you don't want change, I, you might as well just, you know, Lord might as well just go ahead and take you to heaven because, I mean, things change, right? Things change, and they're going to change. And if something good is about to happen, then things have to change, right? So get ready for change. Well, the Israelites, they wake up, and they find things have changed. There's a new Pharaoh. There's a new sheriff in town, and he doesn't like them. And all of a sudden, they wake up where they've been walking in blessings, and now they're supposed to be, they're taken in as slaves, and they got to, got to work for Pharaoh, and they got to build all these cities, and and it gets worse and worse and worse. What they're supposed to work with, then he won't give them straw for the mud. And I mean, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But you know what? If they look at it and say, you know what? Something good's going to come out of this thing. Something good's going to come out of this thing. If some of those that would have looked back when they were leaving with, with Moses and looked back with all that gold that they took out of e Egypt, they might think, you know what? I was Just yesterday I was carrying mud. Today I'm carrying gold. <laughs> I want to tell you something, that might be the way that it is in your life. You may, might feel like your, your life is full of mud and you're in the pit right now, but get ready because you're going to be transporting blessings tomorrow. Oh, I don't know if you're getting this or not. Come on now. Something good is about to happen. I wish somebody would help me preach it today. You know, everything starts out as a thought, as a dream. And see, that whole thing started as a dream with Joseph. And he had these dreams. Well, 
Of course, that's what got him into trouble, right? And when he began to tell his dreams to his brothers, and they said, yeah, he already got that coat on, which represented authority and favor from his father that he was set apart. You know, the devil knows that you're set apart. He knows that you have on a robe of righteousness, that, that God's declared you to be kings and priests. He knows that. And that's why he's nervous. He's nervous when he begins to see you excited. And when you begin to express those dreams and those things that God's put in your heart, the devil says, uh-oh, look out. We got another one now that's getting ready to start doing something. See, don't let the devil steal your dreams. Don't let the devil steal your dreams. You know, he did that even when the Israelites came out. and They went over to the promised land. They sent the 12 spies over. Ten came back. You, remember, you know the story. And they said, oh, no. I, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, it's just full of milk and honey and, and just, you know, the, the grapes are huge. Everything's great, but the, the giant, there's giants there. There's no way we can handle this except for Joshua and Caleb. You know the story. See, the devil tried to steal the dream. He stole the dream for 40 years until finally God got rid of that group, that bunch. And so then here's Joshua and Caleb, the only two left of that bunch that that uh, went in and saw that. And I like what Joshua said to Caleb when they got up to that spot and he looked over at that mountain that God had promised to Caleb and he says, well, hey, uh, hey old Caleb, uh, what do you think? Are you, what about you? You think you can still handle that mountain? He said, I'm well able to take that mountain, 80-year-old Caleb. He hadn't lost his dream. He said, you know what? Even when they were wandering, I'm sure that every lap they took around that Mount Sinai, they, you know, they were saying, you know, something good's going to happen. Something good's going to happen. I can just hear Caleb now. Something good's going to happen out of this thing, man. Something good is going to happen. Something good, and it did. Don't turn loose of your dream. It might be fresh. You might be like Joseph when he what was it, just a little boy. It might be a, a dream that's fresh in you, or you might be like Caleb that you've been walking through and holding on to this dream for years and years and years, but I want to tell you something. You need to prophesy to your circumstance and say, something good is about to happen in my life. Amen. So everything that occurs comes with a thought or a dream or a vision. You know, God, he had a plan. He had a purpose. He had a, he had a, a, a thought. He had a dream, so to speak. And, and he looked into chaos and he declared and he created this place for us to live. And then he created mankind and he's worked his dream all the way. You know, this building started out as, as, some, as a thought, as a concept, and then somebody put it on paper and they had it on blueprints. And then somebody else came along and said, I'll take that dream, that thought, and I'll make it a reality. And they built this thing. That's the way everything happens. That chair that you're sitting in was a thought. It was a concept. It was a dream that somebody was tired of standing up. And, or they were tired of sitting on metal chairs. So they decided, I'm going to put about five or six inches of foam on this thing. And it started as a concept, as a dream, as a desire. And they put, it, and put it, uh, that dream down so it became a vision. See, if you just hold on to the dream and you don't ever let, let it to be a vision with specific steps, it just stays a dream. And, and if you don't ever put, you know, you don't ever start to build it, it just stays there as a dream. But you know what? You've got to put some, some action to it. You've got to let your faith then begin to work in that and bring it off of the paper from the thought into the reality that it takes place and it happens and then you can sit down and say oh it is good <laughs> and the evening and the morning was a new day <laughs> another day amen hallelujah well god permits change uh, even through trials and that's the thing i think that's hard for us to to understand that god knows that it's going to take change to get us from here to there and most of the time we don't want to we won't move we won't budge you know we're standing on the promises 
and we won't get off of them. You know, you need to exercise the promises, not just stand on them. You know, you, come on now. I guess y'all don't know that old song. And so God knows that sometimes we've got to begin to move toward that purpose where he's working these things for good to those that are called according to his purpose. His purpose is over here. And so he's got to move us there. So sometimes he allows that trial to come because, you know what, that might be the only way that's going to budge you from where you are. Hello. Now, what's the deal with, it, with these children of Israel? I mean, you know, why would God allow that? You know, they begin to settle in. You know, we're just creatures of habit. We'll take the easy way out. That's why that we invent microwaves and we invent drive-through windows for, we just want the easy thing. I never forget when we brought a couple of pastors from Africa over here. Uh, it was back in about 2008, I think, we we're, were going to have a, an anniversary service. And so as I picked them up from the airport, we went through McDonald's. I was going to get us something to drink. And as I'm pulling through, they're just looking like, and so I ordered, and, and as we went on through, one pastor said to the other, he says, think of that. You don't even have to get out of your car. You just talk to that thing, and somebody hands you that, uh, what, your food and what you want. And I, I didn't dawn on me that they didn't have drive through there and, you know, where they were, or even restaurants, so to speak. And he, then he says, no wonder Americans are so fat. <laughs> I said, you better be careful who you say. Oh, oh, no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. He was, I said, well, it... It might be good there, but you might be careful who you say that to <laughs> here in this country. But, you know, we are creatures of habit that we want to take the easy way out. We'll do everything we can to not exert ourselves. Hello, come on now. Isn't that true? Until we have to, you know. And so if they're left in Egypt, what's happening to them? They're getting comfortable. Most of the time we get comfortable. We settle in. God knew that if he would have left them there in Egypt, they'd have just stayed in Egypt. They'd have never gone back to the promised land where he wanted them to go. And they would have stayed there. They would have begun to marry the Egyptians and everybody else. And they, they would have just really lost themselves and just kind of floated into the fabric of society. And they wouldn't have been the nation of Israel anymore. You understand what I'm saying? So God allowed those taskmasters to begin to work them so that they say, I don't want this anymore. I want to get out of here. We need to deliver so we can go because the road from where they were to where they were going was pretty tough. And so, you know, but by the time they got through with all the taskmasters, that road wasn't bad at all. It was okay to get out of. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, sometimes God allows those difficulties to come to help prompt us and get us up off of our blessed assurance and get us to moving toward his purpose. Amen. Say something good is about to happen. See, sometimes the, what's good for us doesn't always appear to, we don't think it's so good. Good because we want to be comfortable, but I want to tell you, good is not always comfortable. Right? Good's not always comfortable. What's good for you is not always comfortable. And what's comfortable is not always good. And so when we begin to understand that, we say, okay, I'm going to let this thing produce in me what is necessary so that God can work his good. Come on now. You understand what I'm saying? So they, Pharaoh began to reject them. They had been in favor, but that rejection then brought direction. Hello, somebody write that down. Rejection brings direction. Anytime that you feel rejection coming into your life, get ready. God's going to bring some new direction. Sometimes you get too comfortable where you are. Maybe he's already done all. God had already blessed them as much as he could bless them in Egypt. There was no place else, no other way to bless them anymore because now they were going to start to be comfortable and those blessings wouldn't accomplish anything. So he allowed the, the rejection to come. But in the rejection, he brought direct, come on. 
You ever seen that? You ever been in a situation? Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your job. Maybe you've, you've already done everything that God's had for you to do there. You've witnessed to everybody that you've accomplished all that you can accomplish there. And all of a sudden, you begin, you begin to feel like, well, what's up with you, man? We used to be tight. And it's kind of like you're feeling that rejection that's coming. Get ready because God's going to bring direction where that, where that rejection comes in. And most of the time, God does his most specialized tasks or working and developing in us during that time of transition. When we're in that transition, then that's where God really begins to, de- to develop us into who he wants us to be and who he needs us to be in that next step, that next stage of our life. Because we're coming off of this level because, remember, the evening and the morning is a new day. We're going up. We've come out of it. We're, we've already accomplished everything that we can accomplish on this level. We've got to go up with God on this stage of our life and get ready for a new level with him. Are you following what I'm talking about? We talk about breakthrough. We talk about, you know, you know going through. People, I'm, this is what it's all about. This is the breakthrough. This is the, the advancing forward. It's the moving forward. But to get there, you got to go through that stage. In this series, we talked, the first message, we talked about the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. I mean, that's a tremendous change, right? When you come out of this thing, people are going to look over and say, what happened? You were a worm before. Where'd you get them wings? I got them from God. I mean, he transformed me, you know, because I had to press against that cocoon. And I came out of that thing. You thought you had me wrapped up and tied up. You thought you had me all, you know, tied in. But God helped me break free. Oh, man. And what happened was something good happened out of that. And there's a change from where you used to be to where you're going. Where you're going. What got you here won't get you there. And what you need to get there, you need wings to get there. Somebody needs to say, I'm getting ready to have some wings. Something good is about to happen. He's moving you on to the next level in your life. And in that, people, we got to get ready for it. See, we, there's part of us that we want that, we want that, but it's kind of like watching television. We want all that stuff, but we ain't going to move off the couch. You know, before long, we can't move off the couch. You know what I'm talking about? And it, it, because, yeah, we kind of want it, but we don't want it bad enough to get up and go get it. You know, if we see somebody else, hey, while you're up, would you get that for me? <laughs> right? Come on now. Oh, while you're down there, will you bring me that remote so I don't have to? When I was growing up, I was the remote. <laughs> but it wasn't so bad, though, because we only had three channels, so <laughs> that wasn't so bad, you know. So God says, you know what? I'm moving you to this next level. So here comes Pharaoh. And uh, it says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, you know, when, when he, Joseph was in all this stuff, and he'd come through the pit, and he'd come through Pharaoh, the prison that he was thrown in from, from uh, Potiphar. And in that prison, he rose to the top, and he was overseeing things, you know. And so he's like, well, you know, maybe this is what God has. Maybe he wants me to, you know, teach and do whatever. And he's at the top of the prison. But God said, no, no, I just brought you there so I can get you here. And so Pharaoh has the dream, and, and so they remember, hey, there's a guy down in prison that, can, that the Spirit of God falls on, and he can in, interpret dreams. And so they go and get Joseph, and sure enough, the Spirit of God came upon him, and Pharaoh re- recognized it. it was, he wasn't just some n- natural or normal person here. It was the Spirit of God that was upon him. And in, uh, there in Genesis chapter 41, verse 37, listen what Pharaoh says to Joseph. It says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, 
the people that you're around is going to know that it's beyond you, that God's working in you. They ought to know that it's God that does it and not us. Pharaoh recognized that. He says, uh, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. Hallelujah. And he says, uh, you shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. See, God's getting ready to do something good. He's getting ready to, something good's about to happen. And everybody around you is going to recognize that it's God, not you. God has to take us out of ourselves. If you could do it, then God wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. And that's why that we have to get to a point of where that it's beyond us. And that's why I was saying a while ago that if it seems like that you got more challenges than you, or, you know, you got more difficulties and resources, that's when God has to do it. You see, why not, why didn't God bless Abraham and Sarah when, you know, when they were young, like 60? <laughs> you know, instead of not, okay, they, they were like 90, you know, 100 years old whenever God gave them the, the son, you know. I mean, why didn't he do it then? Here he comes and says, hey, I'm about to give you a child. Really? Why now? Why didn't you do it back then, God? Why now? Because God said, well, back then, if you'd had a child, they would thought you could still do that. You know, that was still capable. You were still capable of that. Now they know it has to be me and not you. Amen. Don't worry about the situation or the circumstances. When it looks like that you can't, that's when God can. Come on now. You know that. He takes the impossible and makes it possible in the impossible times. He's a God that wants to do these things. You need to get ready. I'm trying to get you ready to move on to that next place, that, that new day where something good is about to happen. Amen? You see, visions without actions are just still those dreams. And, and actions without, without a vision, you know, is, is just passing time, right? You can get out there and you can do all kinds of stuff, but if you don't have a vision for it, you just, wait, you're just passing time. But when you put a vision with the action, then that's what becomes the blessing. That's what becomes purpose. That's what becomes reality. God wants to take what he's put in you, those desires, that vision, the dream that he's put within you, and he wants you to activate your faith and trust him and get ready to go to the next level. But don't despise what he's doing right now. He said, well, when this happens or when that happens and when I see this or when I see that, then that's when I know that it's God. No, Moses was born as a baby. They, they missed him. They hid him for three months. He was, that was, he was the deliverer then. So I believe that God's got that miracle in your house. He's got it. They're available to you right now. Get ready for this thing. Get ready for this. You know, uh, Oscar Hammer, Hammerstein was that wrote that the musical, and he said that he watched it one night, and he said, you know, a bell is not a bell until you ring it, and a song is not a song until you sing it. You see, okay, bell, <laughs> but you're not that bell until you ring it. The purpose, God has a purpose, but if you just stay on the shelf, you never ex experience the purpose. It's like that guy that went in, took his old his old bow saw in to get it sharpened, and 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 the the guy at the hardware store looked at us and said, man, this thing about sharpening as far as it can get. And he said, what you need is a new saw. He said, well, okay. So the hardware guy goes back and brings out a new chainsaw. And he sets it up and he said, man, this thing will cut. It's got more wood than you want to cut. And he says, okay. So he takes it and he goes home. And about a week later, he brings it back. He said, man, can I have my old saw back? And he said, why? He said, that thing's wearing me out. He said, I hadn't cut one stick of wood with that thing. He said, Really? He said, let me check it out. The hardware guy goes over and grabs all that rope, pulls that thing up, and it starts up. And the guy jumps back and says, what's that noise? 
Sometimes we're trying to use our old ways, our old stuff. We don't have that dream. Y'all will get this in a minute. God's bringing something new into your life, you know, and hey, it's going to be far more than what we ever knew, what we've ever seen, and we don't even know how to believe for that because we haven't been there yet. But I want to tell you something. If you'll release your faith and prophesy and say something good is about to happen, God will bring it about. If you expect it, it's going to come, and you won't really know the potential of it until you get out there and you begin to activate that. Change. Change has to happen. Don't be afraid of change. Some of you are afraid of change. You know, hey, maybe God wants to take you now into another level and where you've been interpreting dreams for somebody else, maybe where you've been working for somebody else, God's going to take you now into another level. Maybe you're going to be now, your dreams are going to be interpreted. Maybe you're going to have your own business or something like that. I don't know. You know, maybe God's put a song in you as far as an idea, a concept. Maybe you might invent something. And all of a sudden, this thing takes off, and here's all this money coming in because it was a thought. It was a creative thought that God gave to you. Write it down. Don't despise those small things. Hello. I believe this will set somebody free. Yeah, I believe it will set somebody free. Amen? So watch for it. It might be in its infant stage over here, but you begin to trust God and say, God, I believe you can work in my life. Let me tell you something. A lot of times, though, we just want to sit down and say, okay, God, Throw your blessing out there, and I'll just enjoy it. No, we got to walk into it, and, and it takes, you know, it takes some effort. It takes some work. It takes some physical strength. It takes some spiritual believing. God told us in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to pack up. He says, "Go to Alvin and establish my people there." I said, "Huh?" I really did pull off the side of the road and sit there for a minute because I thought I was going. I was just felt sick in my stomach. I thought I was going to throw up, and I just shook my head. I thought, "Lord, surely not. <laughs> surely not me and anybody else out here driving." <laughs> Out here on, is it I-40 or I-44 that goes through? I-40? I was up there by the Brahms that was off to that side on the, on the, that side. And I was sitting there, I just pulled off the side and I go, oh my goodness, Lord, surely not. And he said, and he didn't say, he already spoke to me. I had to trust him. I couldn't see it. I didn't understand it. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But like the Beverly Hillbillies, we loaded up our stuff and we headed out. <laughs> I put Miss Sandy on the top of that. No. <laughs> We brought, we came, here we came, and it just didn't work out the way we were thinking, and so the only thing that was open was to go rent a school, and, and I knew Charlie, and Charlie was on the school board, and he said, well, I don't think we've ever rented any schools out for churches. I said, hey, this will be the first time, because <laughs> I thought, okay, let me tell you, I know something good's going to happen out of this thing, and I'm, I'm already committed. I'm, I'm out here now, <laughs> you know. I mean, I know I could probably head back to Tulsa, but I didn't have no money to head back to Tulsa. I took everything I got to get down here. And you know what? It just worked, and it worked. You know, when we start out, how are you going to pay the rent for this school? God's going to do it. We'll just receive an offering. God will do it. If he's in it, he'll do it. People, I tell you, sometimes we have to, but you've got to get out there in the middle of that. And it's like every time you take a step, there's nothing else out there until you just take a step again, and it's like that God just provides it. I think that's probably what Peter felt when he was walking on water. He, didn't, he was afraid to look down right at first. He was looking at Jesus, and everything was going all right until he thought, wait a minute. You can't walk on water. <laughs> and then when he said that and he looked down, that's when he began to sink. I'm going to tell you something, people, we've got to keep our eyes on him. Change. Don't be afraid of the change that's coming. Somebody needs to, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. Somebody needs to hear this today. God wants to pull you out of and put you into something good. Something good. And the thing is, is a lot of times those things 
Sometimes it comes in, it's beyond your control. When that change came, when the new Pharaoh came and he began to put those taskmasters over them, that was really beyond their control. But God still worked, and he allowed those things what meant for harm and for evil to them. It worked for good. Don't be afraid of the things that are around you. I want to encourage you today. All things, all things, all things, say it with me, all things, all things are working together for my good because I love him. I'm called by him. Something good is going to happen in my life. Come on, stand with me this morning. I got to let you get out of here. I could preach this all day, <laughs> but I got to turn you loose so you can go out there and begin to walk into all things, all things, all things. I want that to be embedded into you, into your spirit, into your soul, all things, because you're going to see something in your life, in your circumstance that doesn't feel like that that's part of the group of things that's going to bring about good. But all things, no matter what it appears, if it's an evil taskmaster or whatever it is, it's going to produce, it's going to work for God's purpose and his good in your life. Do you believe that today? I need some people that's going to believe that today. Some people are going to walk out of here, and they're going to walk out of here believing this. They're going to catch this thing. It's going to be a revelation to them, and they're going to get it, and they're going to begin to walk into all to, 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 to good things. And some others are going to walk out of here thinking, well, that was pretty good, but... I don't know how God could do it in my situation. I don't know if I'm there yet. Yes, you are. You're there. You're there. Behold, you're at the crossroads, <laughs> said the Lord. Amen. And he's calling you to that direction. Amen. Calling you to him. He's saying, come up here. Come up here. Man, he's taking us to another level. Come up here, he's saying. You don't have to. You, you say, well, I've never done that before. That's okay. Of course you haven't. You haven't been there yet. But God has already started equipping you back there. Don't worry about it. Just begin to say, I'm walking into this thing. It's going to work together for my good. When I went to work for Rock Island Railroad, and then it looks like things got tough, and they had this opening as a control tower operator. Most of these guys were in their 30s and 40s, and, and you had to take an oral exam. You had to take the engineer's test, the conductor's test, the brakeman's test, and then also the control tower test. And you had to do that on the Union Pacific, the Santa Fe, the Missouri Pacific, and the Rock Island Railroad. You had to do it on every one of those railroads because you ran trains on all those. And nobody said, oh, man, I don't want that job. I heard everybody walking around, I don't want that job. I'm looking and saying, I'm at the bottom of the pole here. I don't know if you know about railroads or not, but they do that on seniority basis. And I thought, if I'm going to get anywhere, if I'm going to make it, I've got to have that job. And I thought, I don't know nothing about railroads. Well, study. Read it. And I did. I said, then I began to pray. I said, okay, God, here I am. I'm in this thing. And I need you to help me. And as I begin to read, I'd pray. Listen, if you're in school, you're whatever you are, you're studying for something in, at your job, pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And you read that and say, put it into me. And I begin to read that. And I took it in. And I walked in, and there was six men sitting around a table, all in their 60s. And I'm 20. 20. And I took a deep breath, and I said, oh, Jesus. <laughs> help me here. And the 100 oral questions asking about all different things from that and you know what i walked out of there passing it you can't fail it you can't if you make a if you miss something you got to go back and study till you come back let me tell you something that wasn't me that was god and god put me there and i began to make all kinds of money that i never dreamed about that i could ever make that much money 
because I took that step because God says, I'm going to take you here for a while. And you know what God did then? Gave us the money when we stepped into ministry that it was there to begin to help support us when it wasn't paying anything. And God said, you know what? I've provided that for you. I knew I was taking you there, so I provided for you here, and I'm taking you on in. And I want to tell you, I learned how to pray better on the railroad than I did in church because I had to pray for certain things that were very hard, difficult, challenging, uh, dangerous situations. And I learned to trust God, and I learned more faith from that to take me to the next level with Him. What you're, where you are at right now, God's saying, I'll take you. If you'll trust me and you'll you know, walk in me, let me develop you here. When I take you there, don't worry that you've never been there before because I've got something in you that will take you to, to my goodness over here. Amen. Father, right now we're joined together. As we take hands with the person next to us, Father, we're praying that you would bless, strengthen, undergird, what Satan has brought, those taskmasters that Satan has brought to, to afflict, to bring about hard times, difficult times. Father, we praise you because it's taught us how to pray better, how to trust you better, how to exercise faith more. It's equipping us for where you're taking us. So, Father, we praise you that in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the challenge, in the lion's den, in the fiery furnace, you're with us. And you're showing your strength and your glory because we're coming out of that thing. We're coming out of that thing and something good is about to happen. Now, Father, we prophesy that to the person on our right hand. Something good is about to happen. Say it with me. Something good is about to happen in your life. On the person on our left, Father, we prophesy something good is about to happen in your life. Something good is about to happen in your life. Now, just release those hands and just take your hand to the Lord and say, Father, I thank you that something good is about to happen in my life. Something good is about to happen in my life. I thank you, Father. I praise you for it, that it's working in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. It cannot succeed because, Father, you're working in me for your good. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. Give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death nor hell nor demon or angel, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah.